Blog Talk Radio. Yes, 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 yes. This is TNC Radio, the next chapter. Welcome to TNC Radio, the next chapter where we will always be diving into open, in-depth conversations about dream, determination, and dedication, and the journey taken to realize them. Focusing on transitioning from one level to another and recognizing when and how to move to the next chapter. Tonight, your hosts are A-Town and... Gypsy Star. And we're doing the Legacy Series, but the Legacy Series has been heavy in a good way, and we figured we need time to, you know, people let them process it. And also, with everything going on, everybody that I've been talking to, this is a heavy time. And one thing that we don't recognize is the importance of talking, outlet, support, community, all of that. So today, the topic is vent, commune, 
heal, and build. So we want to vent. Today is one of those days where you can, if you want to call up and just be like, shoot the dog, we, we're going to just say it. Get out everything, but after we vent, we're going to commune. We're going to work on healing, and we're going to come to some consensus about how to build from here. And so that's what we're about to do. The number is 646-668-2574. Again, 646-668-2574. Call in when you want to call in. And let's let's do what we do. You know, we're going to do our check-in, see how everybody's doing. And like I said, today, just call in when you're ready to call in. And we're going to let you get in because, you know, one thing you don't want to do is you want to regulate people's venting or their pain. So at the point you feel like you got to call in and say something, call in. We'll break what we're doing, and we'll listen. And today, nothing is off limits, but we do want to consider that we want to talk about the stuff that's going on around us and how it's affecting us. So, again, the call-in number is 646-668-2574. This is TNC Radio on the D-Hour Network. Yo, yo, Gypsy, talk to me, man. Yeah. What's going on with you? Um, I'm dealing with. I'm just. I'm looking at the news, man, and you know, uh, one thing we can say for certain, well, you know, the the lockdown is in most places damn near over with <laughs> globally. Oh, um, <laughs> you know, um, but you know, it's just it's horrible the reasons why people are taking it to the streets, you know. Um, and I've got mixed feelings about what's going on. I'm proud. I'm frustrated. I'm saddened. Um, I'm also concerned, but I, and then there's a bit of me that's, how should I say this? Uh, don't hold back this eventing section. Get it in. I got a, I got a little bit of the, you know, I told (laughs) y'all, told (laughs) you. For all those people who was, oh, you just hoe capping and is it? Now, turn on your TV, turn on your internet, turn on your Instagram, your Facebook, your Snapchat, your Twitter, your every, all of that. Turn on your TV. You can either deal with a, you can either deal with an issue before it becomes a problem. Or you can deal with the with the full weight of the problem when it's a point. The sad so how you been dealing with it? A, we've turned a blind eye. I've been dealing with it by, you know, I'm in a unique, well, not so much of a unique position. I've got, I've got a wife and two kids, and when the rioting started. Number one, let me be painstakingly clear. I'm as about as much fighting the power as the next person. 
I had no idea that the protest in Cleveland was going on or else I'd have been down there. Um, but when we start watching it on TV and everything, um, I had to communicate with my kids. So I had to cycle through my my emotions and my pain and then start looking at things logically. And then I start pointing out even the way things were being handled on the news and the coverage that the news was giving. And then I start um, breaking things down. And, and, they, and kids are wonderful because they will ask questions in terms of current events, historically, and then you even have to go with the moral and spiritual uh, connotations and compass on it. So I've been having some some very deep conversations in my in my circle, uh, both family and friends, and it's been gratifying. So for me, it's uh, for me this is just a uh, a call of duty, a call to action. So, you know, I'm not upset. It's just what needs to be done. You know? Have your children what about taken you? it? Uh, the, kids have been, um, the kids have been taking it in terms of, like, wow, why did this happen? How is this going on? Okay. Well, I understand some of the breakdowns, and and you know we'll get into some of the things that I've told them later, because I've had the same. I don't like repeating myself, but I've had multiple conversations, the same conversation over multiple age groups, and I've had to tailor it to the age appropriate personnel whom I was talking to. So, mm-hmm. one of those things of the kids are taking it in stride they don't understand the looting per se because one of the things they're saying is what what how many of these people actually care that this man died that's what that's what my oldest your godson said to me how many how many of these people actually care that this man died Which made me go back and really like look at everything and was like, whoa. So when he did that, he made me want to go back and we we do some prep for the show, but I wanted to do something if I can really, really quickly. Okay. I want to read off this list of names because it's very important, especially since this is one of the things that that is in the current events section. I want to read off these list of names if I can. Okay? Mm-hmm. Eric Gardner, John Crawford III, Michael Brown, Dante Parker, Michelle Cousseau, Laquan McDonald, Tanisha Anderson, Akia Gurley, Tamir Rice, Rumen, wait, is this? Respond. 
Oh, Giselle Forge, George Mann, Jermaine Reed, uh, Matthew Ajabe, Frank Smart, Natasha McKenna, Tony Robinson, Anthony Hill, Maya Hall, Philip White, Eric Harris, Walter Scott, William Chapman II, Alexia Christian, Brendan Glenn, Victor Manuel LaRosa, Jonathan Sanders, Freddie Blue, Joseph Mann, Salvador Ellswood, Sandra Bland, Albert Joseph Davis, Darius Stewart, Billy Ray Davis, Samuel Du Bois, Michael Sabby, Brian Keith Day, Christian Taylor, Troy Robinson, Assams, Farrell Manley, Felix Kumi, Keith Harrison McLeod, Junior Prosper, Lamontez Jones, Patterson Brown, Dominic Hutchinson, Anthony Ashford, Alonzo Smith, Tyree Crawford, India Kager, Levante Briggs, Michael Lee Marshall, Jamar Clark, Richard Perkins, Nathaniel Harris Pickett, Benin Lee Tignor, Miguel Espanal, Michael Noel, Kevin Matthews, Betty Jones, excuse me, Quintono, uh, where's that? Come on back. I'm sorry, Quintono Begir, Keith Childress Jr., Janet Wilson, Randy Nelson, Antron, Antron Scott, Wendell Sesling, David Joseph, Callan Rogmore, Desan Perkins, Christopher Davis, Marco Loyal, no, Marco Lau, sorry, Peter Gaines, Tori Robinson, Darius. Terrell Thomas, Seville Smith, Antoine Sterling, Philando Castile, Terrence, Ronell Foster. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Terrence Crutcher, Paul O'Neill, Altura Woods, Jordan Edwards, Aaron Bailey, Ronell Foster, Stephen Clark, Antoine Rose II. Botham Jean, Pamela Turner, Dominique Clayton, Akiana Jefferson, Christopher Whitfield, Christopher McCovery, uh, Eric Reason, Michael Lorenz Dean, Brianna Taylor, and George Floyd. What I've read to you guys is a list is a list, a decade of watching uh, the names from an NPR um, article entitled 
a decade of watching black people die. Those are all of the high-profile cases of black people who have died since 2010. And we know that's just the ones we know. Dude, it was crazy because when you were reading that, I actually started looking at the time. I'm like, this list is minutes long. I'm like, and like you said, you're only not talking about like in the history. You're not talking about in the last 20 years. You're talking about in the last 10 years, the stuff that's recorded that we knew. And it took like three or four minutes to read everybody's name. That's ridiculous. I was getting angry listening to it. Wow. Yeah. So, so for all those who know, like I said, this is TNC Radio, the next chapter. Today we're talking about vent, commune, heal, and build. You want to call in the number 646-668-2574. We just want to hear, <laughs> want to hear where you're at, what you're thinking. And especially if you have any ideas about how to process through this and work through this. That's what this is about. Because we want to vent. Because tonight, I'm going to say just some real dumb stuff because I just want to get it off my chest. And I'm going to commune. I mean, even if you don't call in, I know the people listening. We're going to commune through spirit or through voice. And then we want to heal and we want to build. But, yeah, man. So, um. Wow. So let me say. So this how am I doing? So Go hold ahead. on. Let me say this about this list real quick. For those of you who are wondering why people are rioting, why the anger has swelled so high in these last ten years when this was becoming as public as it as it has become. You've had people who screamed Black Lives Matter and was countered with All Lives Matter. You have people who even came back and said Blue Lives Matter, i.e. the police. Not all cops are bad. You've had a NFL star to take a knee and affect change among his peers. And was blackballed from the league because it was said it was unpatriotic and he wasn't supporting the troops. You've had countless people protest these ten, just these ten years of people murdered by the police. People are frustrated, they are crying, and they are angry. These protests are not just national protests. They are protesting internationally. And if you don't understand why some of these people have resorted to looting and rioting and just saying burn everything down and start over, that's why. That's the reason why. And that's the reason why people are upset. So, before anybody talks about the property rights, 
please do me and yourself a favor and think about the fact that we are talking about a human being's right to survive an encounter with another uh, another human being who happens to be placed in a position of authority to protect and serve the community in, at large. That's why they're upset, and that's why they're burning shit now. <clears throat> so how are you doing? Wow. Dude, I'm reconciling it. Like, there, I feel like, you know, I'm in a movie. Like, it's the five sides of Boogie or more. You know, because I got Boogie, I got A-Town. So, um, since I left the private practice, I still do private coaching and counseling. And then um, I'm part of a black male support group, and I do mental health interventions for them. And so you're dealing with trauma on trauma. I'm talking to black males who have felt traumatized because they were black males, misunderstood, labeled angry. Then they're locked down in corona, and, you know, now they got to deal with financial issues. Then they're dealing with personal issues. And then George Floyd meets his demise at the hands of a cop or cops. And everything is exploding. And then, like you, I um, I have a family. I don't have um, a wife. I got two kids, you know, um, because I'm divorced. And so the kids are trying to figure it out. And, you know, I encourage my kids to process, to think it through. So I'm listening to them talk, and I realize how much I have not taught them and how sheltered they are. And so I I sat down and I explained. I talked to my son. I'm like, you're sheltered. I mean, your mother is a professional. She's a doctor now. Your your father is a dissertation away from a doctor. I'm like, you haven't had to want or need for anything. You haven't been in any adverse situation. I said, and based on our status and our ability to move and groove, you've been protected from being black in America. And so I had to give him a breakdown of what was going on about being a person of color in America. And I let him know, like, you know, you're about to start reading the fire next time, today. You know, I'm talking to Journey. Journey's like, why don't they protest? Why don't they just make a law? I'm like, baby, I wish it was that simple. And so then we had to talk about being disenfranchised and removed from the political system. And, you know, had to talk to her about, like, what do you do? Or what would you do if, like, you didn't have any outlets? And any outlets you did have didn't work. She said, I guess I would tear stuff up, too. I said, yeah. And then I said, understand, it's not just us down there tearing stuff up. It's everybody down there tearing stuff up. It's people who want to help black people. People want to hurt black people. It's people who want to heal black people. It's black people. I said, it's all that down there, and we got to recognize all that. So we having all of these conversations about the dynamics. And, you know, and Journey, she's an empath. She's like, well, why would they want to come down there and do that? And I'm just like, that's just some people. And so I'm dealing with all of that, and plus I'm dealing with my past, and for those who don't know it, I'm not going into it. But when it comes to sit-in, struggle, the revolution, having access to people, I have 
a unique experience, and I have a very, very uh, varied experience with it. And so I'm assuming some kind of personal way about myself, and I know that was a totally just dysfunctional sentence, but like I said, we venting. And um, so, yeah, man, I've been in and out of it, and on top of it, I've still been creating. Like, I've been working with my essential oils. I made my first shampoo, you know, all, all the oils I'm making for my kids. I'm learning, you know, more about the essential oils. You know, I'm about to restart my Reiki class. Like, I'm doing all of this stuff. I'm working on my next book. And I'm doing, like I said, doing trauma and anger management stuff for the for the male group I'm in. So it's like I'm all over the place. And I don't think I'm going to know how I'm going to feel or what I feel till I'm done feeling it. And then I'm going to be like, oh, that's it, because I'm literally so busy and doing so much that I have not really stopped to process. And I meditate, but I've been doing a lot of uplifting meditation. Like I've done meditation about affirmations of things I want to do, about literally straight meditation with continual just what I'm grateful for. You know, then meditation to connect to God and the universe and the beyond and the here. And that's what I've been doing, man. So, like I said, I don't know how I'm feeling. I know I'm angry, though. And and I'm more angry for the hurt that my people are feeling than actual concern for myself. And I guess that's because based on my experience in my life, there's been so many times where death was close or right next to me. In times like this, I don't think about it. I think about others, but it's heavy, man, and I'm getting through it, but I guess the level of it is denial. Not like denial, like it's not going on, but like denial, I can do what I need to do and work it out later. But, yeah, man, I'm I'm working it out, so that's it. But, man, overall, I'm blessed. I'm good. Um, um, You know, like I said, I'm – Diluted, concentrated. In other words, I'm not shorting anybody that um, I'm down with and I'm working with, but I am shorting myself on the level of not fully embracing and dealing with the pain. But I am, I'm dealing with it, but not like I know I should. So, but yo, man, it's it's good. And just watching, I wrote a poem about it. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like I said, I'm just processing through, dude. But you know, I'm good. Um, and, um, yeah, but other than that, man, overall, I'm good. I'm blessed. You know what I'm saying? And then I'm also reading. So like I said, I'm all over the place, but it's, it's for a focus. It's, it's all feeding into the goal and the purpose. But yeah, man, it is, it's wild. And I think the thing that might that now that I'm thinking about it, one of the things that bothers me the most is the conditioning that I've been through that allows me to have the response I'm having. So I'll give you an example. When I when I working with kids and stuff coming up, you know, you go through a lot of stuff. So you do you know, I was in a unit where kids were self-injurious, which means they couldn't have belts, they couldn't have shoelaces, all the furniture was bolted to the ground. It was like brick and like um, that glass that's like 10 inches thick. So literally if I gave one of them a bat and a, and a year, 
they couldn't get their asses out of the place. And so my reaction lowered when it came to, like, kids being injurious or harming themselves because I dealt with it so much. You know, when I worked at an outpatient, I dealt with a lot of people dealing with suicide. So it literally got to the point where if somebody called me and said they were going to say, I'm going to commit suicide, I would literally have the tone that I'm having now. And I've seen so much violence. And like I said, and like I've told people, been the victim of it. Like I can say my mother, my father, and my, I mean my mother, my brother, and and I have both seen the wrong end of a barrel of a cop's gun tied to a threat that they might kill us. And so when it comes down to it, I'm so unsurprised by it and expect it so much that I have a calm reaction. And I think that hurts a lot that I am so conditioned to it and the response I need to have to it that my initial response of outrage and outlet doesn't happen. I have to, like, force myself to do it. Like, I was really sad when I when some, when, when in my doctorate program, literally the, the, the professor of the class said, you have the best reaction to a suicidal, like, threat that I've ever seen. Like, period. Like, there was no change in your demeanor. There was no change in your tone. Everything was clinical. And as a matter of fact, he said, that's better than most, like, than clinicians I know. And I said, well, the reason being is I took, like, three or four suicide calls this week. So this was just the, the fourth or the fifth. And and I'm wondering how many other people are like that. How many other people are so beat up by what they experience that it numbs your response and your emotion to it? Well, you got to remind yourself that, no, I, I need to be pissed about this. I need to be going off about this. I need to be tearing some shit up on some level. Be like, fuck this. But that's enough well, about me. If y'all got something to come in, 646-668-2574. We really want to hear from you because it's just us right now, and we know that you're there in spirit, but we really want to hear from you. We want to know how you're getting through it. Like, are we the only ones feeling the way that we're feeling? Call yeah. in, let us know, you know, because you know stuff that we don't. Like we say, we don't know everything. We don't know close to knowing everything. We know what we know. And everything we say is not, Law and scripture is take it, use it if you want. But the more input we have from people who are serious about this, the better it's going to be. So if you got something to say, don't worry about it. Today we ain't hanging up on you. 646-668-2574. Let us know how you feel. What was you about to say, Gypsy? I'm going to say something that's very inflammatory because I'm just about to, I'm about to go there. Do I have to do my disclaimer? I don't give a damn if you do or you're not. Because <laughs> you, oh, you have a disclaimer when he, when he got to go out. The views uh, that you're about to hear are not necessarily the views of anybody else on the planet, especially TNT Radio and the DR Network. However, we subscribe to saying what's on your mind, so you're going to hear it, but we don't take responsibility for none of it. All right, go ahead, dude. Say what you got to say. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, y'all. I had to wet my whistle. This is gonna be a long one. Strap in. Um, <laughs> you talked about conditioning. 
And I think that's the biggest thing that is pissing me off. Before we get to talking about white folks and other people and anarchist group co-opting the movement and blah, 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 fucking blah, I need to just talk to black folks in the Americas real quick. We have a lot of conscious black folks. We do. The RBG community, the the, the Hoteppers, as they are uh, negatively called. We have a lot of different age groups. First, I'm going to start with majority of the boom. Yes, I know a lot of you were this, 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 that, and the third, and oh, we did this. Look here. Not every one of you niggas marched with King. Not every one of you niggas was a Black Panther, and not every one of you niggas was a uh, was in the Nation of Islam. And let's be perfectly honest. When Disco came in, you guys were tired of fighting, and you did something else and decided that things were better than they were before, and you went to sleep and put, or, and put your feet up and enjoyed your newfound prosperity, which is fucked up on a couple of levels. If you look at it historically, You guys did not, by and large, do for us what a few members of your previous generation did for y'all. Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr. were in their mid to late 30s when they died. Most of the college students and high school students that fed their movement It was two generations working together, two or three generations working together. You guys left the fight, and all of you did not teach us the tactics and the skills that were necessary to continue the fight. Killed the dreamer. The dream died. Then everybody celebrated the dream being fulfilled when Barack Obama was elected. Now, don't get me wrong. That was historic and it was wonderful. But y'all fucked up. So now, in your elder years, unfortunately, you guys are going to have to come off the sidelines or from out of retirement and work as consigliaries, as the mob would call them, and give that wisdom to our generation in terms of how you guys put the movement together if you guys did not do it. If you don't know, go back to your resting place. Thank you for your service. We got it from here. Now, to the younger generation, I love your passion. I love your enthusiasm. Sit your punk asses down. A TV ain't got shit to do with a fucking right. With a fucking 
guy getting murdered. If you want a flat screen TV, get a fucking job and get one. If you can't find a job, fucking create one. But don't break into a fucking Target or a Walmart or an AutoZone or none of that other shit and say you doing that dumb shit for the sake of, in, in memory of Freddie, uh, uh, George Floyd or anybody else that was murdered brutally at the hands of the police. Sit your dumb ass down. Shut the fuck up. If you can't do it, thank you for your service. We got it from here. Gypsy, yeah. I don't hear you. Um, Gypsy went silent. I think we might be losing him. I don't know what happened. Gypsy, if you if you if you're there, we cannot hear you. Can you hear me now? So um, I'm gonna um, not fill in the blanks because you had a whole lot of blanks you were filling in. I'm gonna say what I got to say. You might have to call back in. So with that, wow. As he was saying, you know, basically, I'm going to sum it up nicely. Gypsy? Yeah, can you hear me? Hello? Oh, my, that was me that went bad. My my phone switched up. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, my bad. My, um, because I have on a headset, but it switched to Bluetooth. And so I didn't hear you, so I thought you stopped talking. My bad. I apparently just okay. talked over you. Okay. <laughs> My bad. My next point. Too much technology in the room. <laughs> my next so I'm going to turn off my Bluetooth to make sure it does not switch that way again. Okay. So my next point. The people of our generation. Gen you sound far away. To the people of my generation. Can you hear me now? The Gen X. Yes, if you guys don't know about revolution, but y'all want to help, you're on the, and you want to be on the front line, find somebody who does. And I ain't talking about no, I ain't talking about, about one of them pretend dudes or one of them pretend chicks. I mean somebody who really has studied and know some things and find them and talk with them and find what you can do locally and then use the technology, just like the younger folks are doing, to connect with other people. And that's how you build. And that's how you don't have to worry about the quote-unquote movements being co-opted. But with all due respect, we need each and every generation because with the, the wisdom of an elder, of the elders, with our resources, as far as, you know, you're a clinician, there are lawyers that are still practicing. There are, um, there are people who know survival techniques and the like. And the energy and the raw energy of the young, you combine all three of them together, and, baby, you got a powerhouse that you can't shake. And that's how movements were dismantled even back then. Oh, and I forgot one other group of people in the community that I really got to lay into just real quick, just for a moment. With all due respect to the black preachers. (laughs) If you ain't in your community, 
working to help your community? If you in your pulpit just talking down about the dope dealer on the corner or the little drug addict or the little uh or the little bug and fox out in the street and you ain't going out there to even just talk with them and try and build them up and try and find that spark to try and get them the right way, please do not, after all this stuff has come out, come out talking about, you know, back in the day, Dr. Martin Luther, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther, the king, wouldn't have it and, and invoking Martin Luther King and Jesus. Nigga, shut up. Go sit your punk ass down. Thank you for your service. Don't come out the street. Just sit in there and pray, folks. We need y'all too. But that's y'all stay. <laughs> hold hold up. Come over here. We got some bullshit. Hold up. We got we got somebody on the line. So let's see who we got and let's 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 talk if they want to talk. Of course. Why ain't it working? Okay. They're not coming on. I don't understand what's going on. Hello? All right. I think we, we get... Hello? Yes. Can you hear me? Who we... Yeah, who we got? Yes, sir. Who, who we got Hello? on the line? Yes, sir. This is E from, from Cleveland. Oh, what up, E? How you... Man, what's going on down there? It's Cleveland. You know how we do. <laughs> yes, yes, y'all. <laughs> hey, for all y'all who don't know, everybody hey, on this hey, phone is from what? Cleveland. Hey, I'm not. I'm, I'm not in it. I don't condone it. But like you know, I posted, and you and I both know there's alternative mm-hmm. powers out there working in this process, and uh, you know, I was talking about how. Because the black grassroots has been dismantled, there's no vetting in these processes anymore. So anybody can do it and say, we're going to do a rally, we're going to do a movement. You know, and, and, and these things happen. And, you know, because there's no community at the ground leadership that's, you know, at least taking a, a stance and the leadership and putting these things together, you know, you're going to see some of these things, you know, repeat. I, I just really think that uh, with the dismantling of black grassroots in America has been the undoing of uh, trying to put together a consistent movement. Now, to say this, you know, they always want us to go out there and uh, try to save somebody and say, you know, oh, it's wrong. Go out there and stop these people and stop. You know, they're not doing the right thing. I said, yeah, but they got your attention. <laughs> they got your attention, correct? They got yeah. your attention. I mean, Colin Kaepernick for three years tried to show you by bending the knee that there was a problem in this country. And nobody listened. Or you dismissed it. It wasn't relevant. So so now this is what you get. You know, leadership in this country has a habit of taking the hard lesson. You know, at least modern leadership in America. You know, and even going back. You know, in the old days, they just see, 
Either they li- live in it or they, live, or they killed it, <laughs> basically. Yeah. And not saying that ever worked for our benefit, but but that's what they did, <laughs> you know. But I think, uh, and even we go back historically and look at things, you know, we are. You want to talk about rioting and people act like it's just us? Let's talk about the Boxer Rebellion. Let, let, let's talk about the Red Summer of nineteen nineteen. Okay, we're talking about the, the 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 Tulsa the Tulsa situation. You know, let's talk about these things that you know that have been done not by us, but by you know white Americans. You know, so and to have us, a history in, in some of them cases. Yeah, and to us, and to us. So there's a history of violence and rioting and looting that is just not, just not us. You know, it, it, it's endemic with America. You know, as you see Fox News trying to spin this. Have you, have you noticed how they talked about that? Because it's happening in all the urban areas, that the leadership is poor. Uh, it's all the fault of progressive Democrats and, you know, left-wing socialists, whatever, you know. And, you know, it's happening in Salt Lake City. It's happening in Des Moines, Iowa. These ain't exactly left to the center places. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? These are some deeply conservative places where these things are happening. So somebody's taking notice. And maybe, you know, for better or for worse, maybe it's time that, you know, that the, the, the scab gets torn off. Maybe the scab gets torn off, and maybe America realizes that this wound needs some attention. It needs some medicine. It needs some healing. It needs to be, it needs to be, it needs to be fixed, you know, because let's face it, Bud, the way we were doing it, you know, we're going out there, no justice, no peace, fight the power. Fired up, can't take it no more. We did all that. We did all that. You know, and we did it the way that our elders told us to pay attention. And and for like three minutes it worked. <laughs> three minutes it worked. This situation, maybe for about 15 minutes is going to work. But, you know, I still think if we as a community don't have a deliberate agenda that we can sit down in front of people and say these are the 10 things that we want to happen right now. You know, all, all this is for naught. All this yeah. is for naught. And so how are you dealing yeah. with it, E? Like, what are you, what are you doing? Because this show is also, it's always the ultimate goal is to have a concept or idea how to get to or get through what we're talking about. So how are you getting no. through this? What are you doing to keep your head together? Hey, you know what I did? I went golfing. <laughs> you gonna hate me? I went man, but hey, look. When Melissa Williams and when Timothy uh when Melissa and Timothy got killed up here in 137, which was almost almost a decade ago, I was losing my mind. I couldn't believe that people couldn't stand up and down and jump up and down about two unarmed black folks getting shot at 137 times. 
with one dude jumping on top of the car unloading 45 shots. And I was just like, man, if we can't, if we ain't doing nothing now, then nothing ever will. And even though the Tamir Rice situation was less than like a year later, I mean, and then even before that, when they 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 off duty Cleveland police killed a, a a a guy on the west side, a white guy on the west side. I mean, I was like, people just are dead. They don't care. But I guess now, over the course of a decade, and, and mind you, not saying that Lloyd's death or, you know, what happened to Harvey is, is anything less than horrific, but I'm saying in our own backyard, you got to think about it. In Cleveland, we're talking about three or four major police killers inside a year and a half, two years. So for me, my energy was just about done with trying to go out and, you know, jump up and down about these things. I I mean, I'm, I'm waiting to see what happens. I'm waiting to see what happens. A lot of people are talking. People want things to happen. But but to your point about that, I believe in putting together. We need a five. We need a five. A five thing list that we want. You jump up and down all day. But if we're not definitive in the outcome of what we want to have happen, then then it's for naught. So we got police shooting black folks left and right. What is the remedy for that? What is the policy? What is the legal remedy for that? It's not training. It's not training. If somebody says training, I tell them to shut up. It's not training. It is proven. We have talked about that till we're blue in the face. Not trained. It has to be law. It has to be legislated. Somebody brought up a good point. If you're a cop and you done violated somebody's rights three times or been involved in three infractions, you should be gone. You should be ineligible to be a police officer. The guy that killed this, yeah. that killed Floyd in in uh, Minnesota, he has a record, a history of violence as a police officer. He's supposed to be a a peace officer So I'm thinking along the lines Of something like that We need definitive Legal Legislative And policy driven action Five We don't need We don't need a hundred We don't need twenty We need five So you can't skirt it We need five good rules And I'm sorry It's hey, so much can. time No brother This is what we this here for E, you you brought up a couple of good points, and I want to and I want to say this, if I may, because um, I'm in Cleveland, and I'm younger than y'all, slightly. I always like to throw that in there. Um, <laughs> and shorter only be me by a lot. <laughs> You got you got you got police unions because I watched a whole documentary on this. The police unions actually make agreements with the cities that right. literally Correct. make them just like um, above the law. Like uh, like for instance, if you witness a crime, 
They're going to come, they're going to investigate you, they're going to be coming in, they're going to come give you a statement. I was watching this documentary and some, with some police, with some police unions. If a, if a policeman or a policewoman is involved in some heinous activity, they get 48 hours to get themselves together. They get to actually view whatever footage, tape, or recordings they have of the events before they give their statement. So think about that. True. You got 48 hours before you get to say something. You get to review all the material, anything that the police have in their in their um in their custody. You get to review before you come and testify about what you did. Like now, who the hell great, couldn't get past point. that? That's a great point, but that's that's where it's where getting to the getting to the point of you mentioned the laws. You know that loophole that they have. One, we got to close that loophole. But unless you know it exists, you can't. Them just slapping another law in the book. I, I and I love music and I love artistry. And Michelle and Cello said this in a song called "Dead Nigga Boulevard." She said, "Just because civil rights is law doesn't mean that we all abide." So, with mm-hmm. that being said, there are laws in place, but they found loopholes around it. We have to close the loophole because we have to know they exist and we have to know those laws. So, therefore, and whereas, you've talked about community and on a grassroots level. And back in the day, you guys were students of the movement because you had elders who were mentors to you, who were involved in the movement, or even studied the movement and gave you the information. Right? Now, we we are the elders at this point. Okay? I don't think a lot of these young folks know the information. A lot of people our age don't know that information. So when they talk about the laws and everything like that, they don't know, but they are punished behind what they don't know. And that that. actually is a law. Those of us who know, you want to talk about grassroots. Here's, here's another thing that's happened. We all waiting on somebody to do something when we could be doing something our damn selves and bringing it together Mm -hmm. and training it properly. So I love what you said. And I'm not getting on you, brother, and I'm shitting on you, brother. I'm just moving to the heal and build point. You see what I'm saying? We need to build. Mm-hmm. So each one teach one. If you don't have my number, when we go on a little break, I'll click over and I'll give you my number. And you and I can get together because I'm still in the city. And maybe three or four of us get three or four young folks, get three or four older folks, and we start moving things together. That's how the grassroots movement can get started. But we we got to stop talking about it's got to get started and just get it done. That's why I don't have a whole lot of time to feel because I'm looking at like, okay, let, what what are we doing? We This got to happen. Talk time is over. Yeah. You know, 
And the thing, it, and the that's thing about it, and, I wanted yeah. to make one more point real quick, and I don't want to monopolize the show, but you mentioned something about different riots. Now, we're rioting for social justice. They were rioting for social justice and social change, right? I pulled yeah. up something because you made a point, and I went online and found Metro News, and they did an article about cities that riot after, of all things, sports. This was written in on Monday. It was written on Monday, February 5th of 2018, okay? Mm-hmm. They talked about how riots broke out after the Eagles won the Super Bowl in Philadelphia. Then they talked about how Canada has been known to trash a city or two after a hockey team wins. And then they start listing just sports riots that's happened. 1984 and 1990 in Detroit when the Pistons won a basketball championship. Uh, Boston, 2004, 2007, and 2013. Boston fans flipped car after winning 2013 World Series. And there's video to this stuff, okay? Um, Chicago, 1991, 92, and 93. Y'all already know who was winning at that time. It was the Bulls. If y'all ain't seen uh, Last Dance, it's a curfew in Cleveland. Fuck it, watch it. Um, Denver, 1996, 1998, 99, and 2001. After the, uh, and they show pictures of Denver Broncos fans Riding after winning their first Super Bowl victory in 1988, in 1998, excuse me. And then Cleveland in 1974, the 10-cent beer riot down in, uh, at the uh, old Cleveland Stadium, and that was an Indian yep. game. Yep. So all of these things. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. So when, when we're talking about riots, and things happen. Riots are nothing new, America, and world. Right. But I'm looking at not the riot itself, but what the hell are they rioting for? And that's where and we're gonna I, take I, a I break. Oh, 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 oh! We gotta take a break. We gotta take care of some business. Um, after I finish this, um, Gypsy, cue up the um the song in the seventy show, whichever we playing. We're only going to do it one song, and then we're going to get back into this because we want to actually um, get this in. So if you got anything to say, Eric, stay on the line. If you got anything to say, anything to add, call in 646-668-2574. Again, 646-668-2574. This is TNC Radio, the next chapter on D-Hour Radio Network. We're talking about vent, commune, heal, and build. Yo, Gypsy, take us out. Our society is fucked up. They fucking our brothers and sisters up. It's just white society. They have fucked us up. This shit ain't about no goddamn action. Hammers, action, lights, what? Look out, civil rights, whiplash, popo. Then killers, 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 crisis. Come on, get in there, fam. Cordell, going down, project, pop off. Now what we
we yam, he come to bleed them. Niggas with a plea for freedom, who wanna meet them? Gotta counteract these, we blitz freaks, switch hitting ass rappers duck. I give a fuck seeing hip hop is flatlining. Too many fakes, so through the shit, see it shining. To reawaken, the giant see me still in defiance with every song. Put this gap before the turner and burn him for doing wrong. Now it's on, how many can I reach? I'm snapping the sheets. Original player haters can see that I battle back strokes of black folks attacking those wanna be max. Watch Johnny shit up on a track and hit him with the do right. We do like right. My brother said it's going down tonight. We fight the fight. Come on, before you get what you want, gotta give the people what they need. Before you get what you want. Hey, hey. On the um, online from, um, you, I always mix up with North Carolina or South Carolina? North Carolina. North Kakalaki. Wowie. We got, um, that's what, that's what uh, Black Force used to call it. We got, um, Derek Austin on the line. Derek, um, where you at with your feelings? Just bring that down just a little bit. Um, you know what we're talking about, man. Where you at? How you dealing? What's going on with you? And what's happening where you're at? So remind us again where you're at. Tell us what's going on. How you dealing with it? Well, I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina, and uh, the riots here are pretty heavy. They destroyed downtown Raleigh. But a lot of people, you know, they were trying to blame Black Lives Matter. But I drove around and uh, on Facebook and looking at a lot of the photos and what was going on. Man, a lot of it's coming off of white supremacists, man. They had an open call protest to be here. And they took pictures of them, the Proud Boys and Stormfront. And they actually got pictures of the Proud Boys, tattoos and all, and they airbrushed, you know, they spray painted their uh, their logo, which is like a circle and a plus. It looked like a Celtic symbol, but what it is, it's the storefront logo, which is a neo-Nazi logo. And they're all down okay. here walking around downtown Raleigh like it's, you know, summertime. Yeah. But uh, like I said, everybody's mad. Like you said, they're talking about the property damage. But nobody said, there's a whole lot of people really didn't say too much about, you know, the black, you know, the police brutality. You know, that's what supposedly something we're supposed to be used to. But, you know, when they saw black folks just daring to protest, that's what made them mad. It ain't got nothing to do with the property damage. It's just the, it's like when Kaepernick took a knee, it's like we, they're offended by the fact that we don't want to go along to get along. That's the whole purpose of it. And like you said, like you were just talking about the uh, tearing the cities up and whatever. Man, rebellion is the one thing. America loves to talk about. You know, we had the Boston Tea Party. Everything in this country is built off rebellion. We don't have a movie. We don't have that rebelling against something. They love the Matrix. They love Star Wars. I mean, the whole Star Wars is the rebellion against the Empire. We love it. 
but we just don't, they don't love it when it's us against them because they don't ever want to be them to the point where, like I said, you got the neo-Nazis up in here. So, yeah. So how do you deal with it, man? What, what, what are you doing to get through? Because like I said, we want to vent. We also want some insight. And I don't care if it's working, not working. What you doing, man? How are you and what you doing to get through this time? I just kind of back off and let them tear the city up. You know, my investment, they have no investment in me, so I don't have no investment in them. If they want to blow the whole downtown up, hey, man, let it burn. That's their money. I don't have no black businesses. Ain't too many black businesses down there, so I'm not losing anything. The only thing black people mm. are losing is our lives. So I just tell black people, mm. hey, man. Just keep moving. Do it. Whatever plan you had before the before the protest, whatever plan you had before George Floyd, keep on it. The best thing, the best advantage black folks got is to keep being black folks. Keep on your agenda, keep on your plan, and keep on your grind. If they want to be mad and huff and puff, you know, let them be mad and huff and puff. If they want to fight, give them the fight of their life. But keep on your grind. Yeah. You know, that's and, and I, I mean, think what you said yeah, this, is, I mean, literally, that's all we can do. The worst thing we can do is get distracted and then try to have the most insulting thing I've ever seen when people say, let's have a sit down and discuss this. How do you discuss your humanity? How do you discuss hmm. You kill it. You want to say, but. And then somebody responds with, yeah, but. Oh, we're not discussing no more. That's not a discussion. Yeah, that's that, not a compromise. You don't compromise life. You either living it or yeah. you're not. So that's why yeah, I, I remember. So a lot of folks who are on the deal with me, they call me, I just got called militant and racist because I'm a militant. And I was like, well, is declaring my life is worth it? Is militant and shit? I'll be militant. <laughs> Hold up. We got another you caller. Know, you and call Hold on, we got another caller in, and we're not kicking people off. This is a community thing. I want everybody's opinion. So we got somebody calling in from the 646. Who we got on the line? This is Todd Averyhart. What's up, bro? What's up, man? How you doing, bro? Man, another day in life, man. How you? Man, yeah, good. You know we got Eli on here. We got Gypsy, and we got um, we got Derek. Um. Yeah, man. So where you at? What you doing? And how are things rolling, man? Talk to us. I'm in Cleveland, Ohio, man. I'm actually sitting with my business partner, actually planning strategically about what's next for our people, man, the community, and how we can grow from this. Not just being upset and frustrated, yet what's the plan? So um, as I'm sure most people on this phone, it's saddening, it's frustrating, it's, you know, it's a... It's a unique time, but we've seen it before, right? So I really want to make sure that we decide to do something different to change the program. So so what are you doing personally? Like, how are you getting through this emotionally and psychologically? And this is for people. And the thing about it is, and let me explain why I'm asking it. A lot of pe- the brothers on here sound like that they are reasonably handled <laughs> But I know for a, mm-hmm. a, a fact that with some of the people I talk to and see, they aren't. So 
we, we can't assume everybody's where we are doing what we do. So the reason I'm specifically right. asking that is because I want people to have a mm-hmm. good, like, and not, and not just some general, like, go lay it on God. Like, well, you know, does that mean stand on the corner? Does uh-huh. that go to, what, what do you mean? You do know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's why I'm asking the specifics. What are you doing to get through this emotionally, psychologically, and whichever one you want to answer, one or all? So for me, man, I try to remember to have, you know, bad moments and not bad days, right? So whatever's going on, I take it in that moment, and I try to reflect and meditate and, you know, sleep, go for a walk, anything that calms my mind. And sometimes it's just maybe listening to some jazz or Maybe Tupac, you know, it might be Ronnie Millsap and, you know, talking to brothers like y'all and and figuring out that I'm not alone. So um, it it varies, right? Like I might try a new Mm -hmm. recipe or I might sleep for an extra hour, you know, but it's just trying to make sure that my mind, as far as how it travels, because I'm very, I'm an empath, I have to make sure that whatever I do, that I remember that this is just for right now, like it's present and remain present in my thoughts, if that makes any sense. Yeah, as an empath, this is a very dangerous time for you because people are very indiscriminate about how they dump their stuff in times of trauma, you know. And so as an empath, how do you remain an empath without becoming overwhelmed? Like when people are dumping and bringing out like, how, what do you do to protect yourself from letting it overwhelm you, like, when all of that comes at you? So I'm not, I know what you're doing during the day, but how do you deflect when all of this stuff is rushing at you? I shut it down, right? You know, part of me being me, I had to realize that it's okay to say no or it's okay not to pick up the phone. It's okay not to return a text. You understand? Because if you don't take care of yourself, mm-hmm. you can't you know, administer any love and care to anybody else that you love and care for. So you have yeah. to figure out, I have to figure out a way, the way I do it is sometimes I just sit alone in a, in a dark room or open the door and see some sunlight, phone ain't on, TV ain't on, man, and I just sit there with my thoughts and think happy thoughts, right? Like thoughts are things, that's energy. Yeah, so and that's I wonderful. So I just myself. Yeah, man, and that's, a, and that's an important lesson. And sometimes I get clinical on here, so if I get too clinical, let me stop me. But one thing, one problem that I have when I deal, when I deal with single mothers is self-care. A lot of them are so beat up that they can't be in a position to deal with their children. And I tell them that your, your child's care begins with your care because once you're gone, ain't nobody there to care for the child. So, even though you think you're taking time away from them, time away from them as long as they're safe and okay is the best thing for them. You have to take time for you. And every mother comes back and is like, yeah, you know, what you said, you know, because they would be like, where's the child that's crying? I'm like, listen, if your child is crying because they spoiled and acting up, leave them to cry. Go shut the door, be by yourself, and just make sure they're monitored. If they're crying because they're in need, take care of the need and then go back to yourself. I'm like, but you can't get bullied into jumping and responding to every little thing because children are like that. They're going to call you for everything. And some people are grown children. They'll call you for everything. So it's okay to say no and take care of yourself. And as I say, love yourself as much or more than you love everybody else. 
And if you do that, you'll you take care of yourself. You know, um, and, and so just, one thing that – go ahead. Let me just – this last thing I'm going to say to you. You know, it's important, too, that for me to be proactive and not reactive, right? Like, if I'm reactive yeah. to everything that surrounds me and I'm not proactive, I'm taking a step back. And that's not valuable. It doesn't it doesn't help me in any kind of way. Like in these scenarios, like I said earlier about planning and plotting, strategically like putting things into play, if you're just reacting to things, man, for me, let me not talk for anybody else, for me, it's gonna be an issue. I'm done. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No, nah, man, that's and beautiful. So, um Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was saying no. Nah, yeah, I was about to say if you want to get in Hold on. If you want to get in, it's 646-668-2574. We enjoy the communion. If you're on, you can stay on. If you want to get off, get off. But we want to hear everybody's voice, so that's why we're keeping everybody on. But if you want to get in, 646-668-2574. Vent, commune, heal, and build TNC Radio on the DR Radio Network. Go ahead, Gypsy. I was just going to just starting to do what you were doing. However... We got five brothers on here, okay, which is beautiful. We got five black men on here. Hold um, up. Pause but, that. We got another caller. Hold on. All right, you on the DR Radio Network, TNC Radio. Who this be? Tobias. Hey, how are you? I'm fine, you. I'm well. Talk to me. What's what's going on? Talk to us. Let's find out where. And, and so first, tell us where you at. Which how you dealing well, with the a, situation and how you feel. Right now, I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, but I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. I'm actually on vacation, so I pretty much am on a road trip, and then I heard what was all going on at home. Um, what I feel about the situation is that it's crazy. The fact that it has to come down to this just for simple rights. Yeah. And I, how I, do you I, do? I, are, are you a mother or any, are you a mother or anything like that? Like you have children? Because like me and Gypsy, we got children, so we've been talking about that. So just go encompass, like, let us know, like, how you dealing with this emotionally, psychologically, you know? And this is this is a very open network, so you ain't got to sugarcoat anything. We, we, okay. This is Vent, Commune, Heal, and Build. This ain't your regular radio show. So you can get it in. Don't try to sugarcoat nothing. Just tell us where you at, how you feel, and how it's impacting you, what you're doing. I'm a mother of a four-year-old daughter. Um, I'm 29 years old, and I literally have one child. I want to have more kids, but it's hard to have more kids or want to bring more kids into the world, and you don't know what's what's out there for them. It's like it's to a point where you want to raise your kids and you don't want them to be afraid of things and you want them to, you know, put certain values into them, but at the same time, when they leave out the house, you worry. And me having more kids, like I'm terrified if I do have more kids and I have a son. Like that's that's a constant state of worry that you wouldn't want to be in. Like the world is already bad enough, but just that extra on top, that is to the point where it's depressing. Like, no one wants to hug your child and they go to school and you don't know if they're going to come back home. 
So it it, it, yeah. it takes you to a whole other thing, and it's just like I I think that we have a whole other fear, especially as black mothers, for our our husbands, our boyfriends, our children, and it's uncanny. And I don't think people realize what we go through, or not of the other communities, or nor do they seem like they care, because no one should really have to have be in a state of a constant fear. And I feel like that's where we yeah. are. We already have to carry the household, not just like financially, but we have that worry. And you know, we're nurturers, so we carrying all of that on us is just like at a point. When do we get to breathe? Which, which is a, 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 a amazing question, and when you consider that you know that's one of the things that is being said right before brothers are expiring is I can't breathe. And so, I mean, that is a question. How do we breathe? We got people on the line. Talk, y'all talk, how do we end up breathing? And, you know, Gypsy, we want to go back to you because you, you were saying something, but after Gypsy finishes, let, let's talk about that. Like what does breathing metaphorically, spiritually, physically, socially, politically, what does that look like? So Gypsy hit that and then let's get to that question. Um, that's wonderful. What I was going to say, you know, I was going to invite sisters to call in. So, I mean, sis, you was right on time and you had no idea, you know, (laughs) that's it. So, you know, if y'all looking at things metaphysically or whatever, this is just, for me, I'm seeing it unfold, you know, and just the beauty of, beauty of the community coming out. Um, and, and I'm glad we got a sister on there. And thank you so much for calling in. Let me say that first and foremost. Um, it's difficult, you know, because even with that, the family structure, every every measure of black life has been attacked since, we'll just say, 1619. Okay. Ever since then, every measure of black life has been attacked. We have not been able to take an off day, for real, for real. And the burdens of sisters often get overlooked when we're talking about the struggle and, 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 and fighting for freedom or just trying to just live your life as a human being on this planet. So it is important to stop and take a breath. Just sit back. How do you get that time to breathe? By taking the moment to breathe. You want to know something funny, sister? And I'm not getting on the sisters, but it's something that all of y'all do. <laughs> that's the, I've, I, And I've been taught that that's an involuntary breath. Because y'all are so choked up with whatever and everything y'all feeling that that is the way y'all get y'all breath. <sighs> well, that that usually meant my mom was about to whoop my behind. So um, yeah, that I have a different feeling about that breath. That usually comes with some drama. <laughs> I'm not. I was trying to see clear with that, damn. But it, it, yeah, that breath means something else to drama. me. <laughs> right. That usually comes with some drama. Whether it's your mama, your girlfriend, your wife, your daughter, it's usually some bullshit just coming after that. That that breath <laughs> means stuff your drawers, the belt was coming. It's like that's right. <laughs> you know, duck, there's a frying pan, it's something happening after that 
Especially with the eye rolls or neck rolls. <laughs> oh yeah. So um but who wants to be first up? Let's let's talk about how can we start breathing? Um who wants to take it on first? We got a bunch of people on the line, don't be shy. We gotta we gotta have a life outside of work. We always talk about what we got to deal with, but we never talk about what do we do. I know a lot of people. Oh, they they that, I, I, D, 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 D. I think that's so important. Yeah. I think you need to repeat your initial statement. Say that again. We need to have a what? We need to have dang, a, life, a, a life. We need to have a life yeah. outside of work. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry, but, but that's, that's, that's important. Life. Yeah, because a lot of us, we go to the bar to forget we get drunk or we get high to forget, but not to do anything. We like a lot of the time we'll put our dreams aside. We'll put our, we'll just put our own life aside to deal. And all we do is deal and tolerate. But you can, a human being can only tolerate but so much. And now, yeah. like I said, work, this work in and of itself is hard. Being a human being in this world is hard. But now we got to be subservient human being and hold our breath and hold our tongue. And let's keep it real. When we work around white folks, there's a whole lot of sucking, you know, biting our tongue that we don't, that we do with them, that we don't do with our own people, which is probably why we lash out more on our own people. And that's Say hard. Say that again. You know, I said we we hold our tongue with white folks to the point that when we see our own people, we ready to fight because you can only do that for so much. Because yeah. we know if we go somewhere and we say something, we know the end result. We gonna get fired. The police gonna get called. Possibly getting killed. You know, losing job, losing income. Got to deal with your family afterwards. Got to deal with the reality of having no job you know, ostracize, whatever, whatever. So we tolerate. We tolerate the world so we can go back home to our world. Mad. Or drunk. Wow. Or high. And that ain't living. Let me ask Not you. you know what I'm and this is and this is all outside of just being a human being. So yeah. we need to start living. And that means me sometimes you. you know what? When they, you know what, sometimes you can't bite your tongue. Not because you don't care about your job, but because you don't want to stop being human. You've got to yeah. have a life, well, and I don't know, and I don't have an answer for that. But well, this is the answer. You do have way. the answer. So, so let me cut you off and get to. But you do have the answer. And and let me explain this because I always like to throw in something just clinical because I mean that's just my damn thing. The reason that we don't believe that we have answers is because we don't consider pain and discomfort options. We don't sign, like there was a maroon colony, and they said where where there's no fear of death, there is no slavery. They consider death an option. If you don't consider pain and discomfort an option, you're always going to have the I don't have an answer. You do have an answer. Sometimes you have to experience discomfort to reach joy. And ah, you do have an answer, brother. You do. Okay. It's like this, because the first thing, it, the first thing that we teach you when you come into clinical, come into a clinical setting is we're not going to do more work than you. And this ain't like medicine. You can't take an antibiotic 
and just go home and fix your life. You're going to have to deal with your problems. And one of my patients literally said, I'm literally paying you to make me uncomfortable. I said, yeah, you are. I was just like, my job is to make you so uncomfortable that you get out of where you're at and get to where you need to go. And hey, literally. Sam, we got another caller. Okay. Come on in. Who we got? Yeah, this what is What's up? What's up? This is the Cleveland party right now. I'm digging it though. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, my city is showing up. I always claim my people. All right, man. So you told us where you at. Tell us what's going on with you. How you're dealing. How you're maintaining. Well, I'm always going to maintain because I'm a black man living in America. But um, oh, the damn. situation we got going on here is, 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 is very difficult. Me having two two young men to raise, and uh, we living this stuff all over again from my teenage years. So um, it's very difficult, man. It's very difficult, man. And so, what are you doing very to get difficult. through it? Like, how 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 what are you what are you telling your boys? Like, what are you telling yourself? Like, how are you dealing with this emotion? I'm tell, I'm, I'm, I'm telling myself because I'll be 45 this year. Don't take your old ass down there and mess around. With these young kids, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one thing. That's one thing because, you know, I always want to be a part of something as far as like changing the history of this country to make it better. You know, yeah. um, But um, I'm just talking to my kids, man, and just letting them know that uh, hopefully we'll get better, man. Hopefully we'll get better, but we got to vote, man. I, I don't. I stress this to, you know. I got dudes that don't. They say they don't vote, and you know I barely talk to them cats, man, because you know they always complaining. But you know if you could stand in line for some J's or just any stupid stuff you think you feel that puts you out there in society, put you somewhere out there in the limelight, you can go stand up and go vote. So I employ anybody yeah. that's listening to this. Go vote, man. Do it. Go vote. Get this. Get this dude up out of here, man. Get him up out of here. Cause he, he ain't he ain't doing nothing but instigating. Instigating. Yeah. Yeah. Get, 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 you know I don't wanna. I don't know who's listening. The powers that be. <laughs> but uh. Oh, we don't, hey, brother. You, about. we, you ain't got to worry about that here. We say so much dumb stuff. You about tenth in line. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get that fuck up out here, man. We need to get his, As O'Connor uh, told me, the powers that be brought us here. Yeah. He, 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 he has no shame, no dignity. It, you know, I was telling somebody the other day, you got to be the smartest, intelligent to become the president of the United States. You can be the ignorant, dumb, white mother become anything. And yep. We, we, we got to get him up out of there, man. Plain and simple. Got to go vote, man. You know, people yeah. say, well, Biden ain't no better. He better than this dude. <laughs> you know, I'm better than that yeah. dude. You know? Let me I tell you something. I'll put, my, I, I'll put my 13-year-old son in office before I vote for Trump. <laughs> like I would, I would trade. I, I would, I would trust a prepubescent boy or girl in office before I trust Trump. This, I mean, um, he's a he's a he's a complete idiot, man. And, and it, it pisses me off that you still got got these people that's willing to follow him, 
but they they all brainwashed. They want they like the status quo, you know. That's right. Well, and we well, thank you for your opinion. Um, what before you called in, we were talking about what we need to do to breathe. And D, you fed in um, Todd, and I forgot your name, sister, because um, I know everybody else on here personally. So, so yeah, do you uh, have tonight. anything to say about how to breathe? Tonight. So, do you have anything to say about how to breathe, especially from a sister? Because we got a lot of testosterone up in here. So, um, from a sister's point of view, what do you do to breathe in this situation to to start regulating your, your homeostasis so you can get where you need to go? What I do, honestly, is more so I, I communicate with more women that understand where I'm coming from or what I'm going through, and we have okay. our own little village where we help each other out and we give each other tips just to maintain and it takes the weight off. So that's our way that we deal with the stress of the world. So it, it kind of yeah. it's kind of easy when you're going through something and sometimes you don't see clearly or you just see it one way and you have somebody who understands fully of what you're going through because they can relate, give you that push like you got to go through something to get to something or you you know what I'm saying like giving you words of wisdom to help you out of that situation because sometimes when it's when you're going through stuff it's just all dark and you don't see no light when you hear that voice that dies you feel like that kind of works for me personally. Yeah, and I like what you said. You said sometimes when it's dark, you don't see no light. And so, and brothers, we need to learn from sisters. We need to have brother circles. I know that I'm part of a black man support group out here, and it does wonders. And we're doing Zoom now, you know, and I'm actually going to share. Um, i got to figure out how I'm going to do it because I've actually put together an anxiety workshop, um, a worksheet, and uh, um, coronavirus stress and anxiety um, work plan. You know, and I'm I gotta share it, so I'm gonna figure out how to do that, and I'll talk to E. But E, what do you do, man? How do, how do we start breathing, man? What's what do we do? E, wake up, E. <laughs> we go to we go to Big Rob. Hey, Rob, what do, what, what do you do to breathe? What I do to breathe, man. Um, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> Dude, you, you were muted. You were muted. No, I do it sometimes. You might have muted yourself because I mute myself and I, I'll be talking to think I ain't, think I am. So we're gonna no, go I, to, go, we're gonna come back to you, Rob. Charging so, my phone. Okay, oh, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, we said, hey, man, what do you um, do to breathe? I, I mean, for me, you know. <laughs> I guess I'm kind of at a point where I'm kind of moving. I'm I'm moving away from some of this. I'm a little older now, you know, and uh, I mean, some of my concerns. I'm starting to look at, you know, how am I going to be prepared for the next ten years of my existence? You know, me and my wife and family, you know, what what do we look like in 10 years? You know, mm-hmm. it's just a different set of priorities now. Um, and not saying that these things aren't important and not saying they don't have impact. I, I do believe in, you know, us coming together and working. I'm so glad to hear my little brother Rob and uh, Spy and everybody on the call uh 
and it, it, it takes a lot of times, book we were in this stuff, you know, it was a lot of pressure on us. Yeah. And, and you have yeah. to really share that burden. And that's why, you know, like she was talking about sister circle, you talking about the brother support group. Those things are essential because they can help you get through. They can, you know, provide you with, you know, a listening ear. And sometimes you just need a, you just need to share some some positive energy, you know. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I actually participated in a group that's a brother to brother out of Nashville, and uh, uh, work with. You know, we used to have a male support group here, and I have a men's group at church. Uh, but yeah, I mean, engaging in those kind of activities and and being solution oriented, answering questions, answering solving problems, you know. Uh, yeah. you, you need to be in a group of people that are trying to solve problems. You can't beat the world, but you can damn sure solve some problems. You can answer some questions. And, and I, I think that's essential to us, you know, getting ahead. Because you always want to see success. Nobody wants to. Everybody loves a winner, you know? Yeah. So you want to try to engage the things that have some positive outcomes. Uh, and, and earlier I said the box rebellion that was the wrong rebellion that was the New York draft riots that okay. was uh, that I was referring to it. If you ever seen the gangs in New York, uh, it goes yeah. in depth talking about you know how that happened. Right. And I just think it's uh, mm-hmm. when you look at that and how these things happen to you know, like you say, we this is not something that's new. And I'm glad you brought up the point about the sports victories. You know, we didn't, you know, Cleveland, for the most part, did not tear the town up. And I you thought know, we were. We, <laughs> I straight thought we were. I mean, were. no, what I'm talking about after, 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 after we won in 2016, we did not, we, we, we came together. <laughs> you know, it really did. We came together, a million people. You know what I'm saying? In downtown Cleveland, if you can believe that. Yeah. Oh, you I know, know my so brother. Did, he was down there with the video, and I was like, I saw, I swore that was going to turn into something. I was so proud of my people. Right. But it did. It did. It did not. And you know, I was there. I was there, and I have to say, it did not. So there, right. there is power in that. There is power in coming together for a positive purpose. But there's all, you know, as long as you got knuckleheads out here trying to destroy that and have their own agenda, it makes it kind of hard. But, I, like I said, yeah. I do believe in the, the positive coming together in groups. I believe in the positive power of golf, especially when you're hitting the ball good. So, <laughs> man, I got a handicap of a negative hundred. I'd have a stroke out there yeah. playing some golf. Yeah, man. Hey, man, yeah, hey, I, don't I, worry. I'm right there with you at 98, so, you know, we'd be good. <laughs> negative 98, we'd be right there. <laughs> Well, Rob, oh, let's get to Rob. Rob, we cut you off, man. How do you breathe? Talk to me. Oh my goodness, man! Oh wow, you been so much the last couple of years, man. Last several years. So, um, my wife, my wife, and my kids, man. I, I, I found the reason to live. 
and um, they give me purpose. Believe it or not, they give me purpose, man. To see to see people wow. around me uh, uh, exceeding, going further than what I did in my life. So uh, because I was a knucklehead, man, I was a knucklehead, you know. And um, they give me purpose, man. They give me purpose. They hmm. give me purpose every day. Every day I get up and and, and and thank Almighty God that I'm still breathing. Because there was a time in my life, nah, I I, I was gonna take tough people with, and it wasn't gonna be my own people. So um, that's so, so, it's a journey, man. It's a journey. I meditate a lot too. Me quiet. You know, uh, regardless of what's going on on the city, state, country, you know, and try to give advice to some of these young guys, man. The same advice that I give. You know, people will listen, some don't listen. But you you just that want to listen. Because, you know, we we just want opportunities, man. We just want opportunities to to take care of our family, man. That's all we want to do is to have the opportunity to take well, not to just to get by, but well. So, um, you know. That's intimidating for a lot of people. It's it's crazy because all these dudes, all these people, these so-called politicians had to do was fire four people and arrest them. And get this over with. You yeah, we know they do that a lesson. You to turn something that was that was bad into something horrific. Do your job. Do your job. But again, that's the thing. That's his job where it helped us. That's a yeah. bigger issue because, I mean, we're looking at it, man. Like you said, all it would take to stop this is arrest four people. But to them, we are being, we're not going along to get along. We're not accommodating. And that's where the disconnect hmm. is coming in because they're saying, well, you know, he shouldn't have been there or he isn't. I mean, they came up with even the fact that he didn't even die being choked on live video. I mean, they don't want yeah. us to protest. They don't want us to be oh, negative, oh, 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 and that oh, oh. keeps the peace to them. Being, as I said, man, it comes down to we're not fighting the same fight. We don't want the same thing. Black folks got to be what we're telling other people to be. We're not going to have now, peace from other folks to treat us human because they don't see us as human, obviously. I, but I you know how, how I look at that. I, I I look at that more so on a thing where they they already have an idea about us or an opinion about us. But I feel like in this situation, just in situations in general, we give so much to the community, the world, everything from our ideas to our talents to just our economic dollar. And I feel that when it comes to that, we begging for people to look at us as the same. I feel like we should take a different approach. Because you have everyone else help their own community. We're the only ones that's really like we're still trying to build ourselves up, but then we keep getting thrown down. But I feel like we should start back going to what we had. We had our own doctors, our own hospitals, our own schools, our own churches, our own communities where we are dollar regulated. 
So when you have, we have our own space, we have our own money and regulations of that. Just as I feel like when they were doing protests in the 60s. I'm from Selma. That's what we learned. I feel like when the Martians was all good and great, but when they started to boycott the buses, they went into their pockets. They went into their dollars. That's what they care about. We have a we right. have the spending dollars, so if we can get our things together and we can just stop spending money with people who don't think that we are humane enough to not choke us or not feel like oh well they look they look like they're grown even though they're ten. Let me just shoot them and then ask questions. If we stop right. giving them our money and if we stop entertaining the bullshit, I feel like we can build our own stuff up. We can pull our own stuff on our bootstraps. We've seen it with Black Wall Street. They bomb that down. So anytime we get together, they seem like they tear it down, but it seems like they also added things to keep us from not reuniting to what we're supposed to be. You have the the welfare system to keep the man out the house. So you have all these fatherless children, all these fatherless children, because they don't want a man raising their kids. Now you have the men acting like girls and different things like that. So I feel like if we stop depending on them, stop having our hand out and start just saying, okay, more men just step in in our kids' lives to teach them how to be men and we do what we need to do for our own community and we don't take nothing from them because when you take stuff from them, they have a, a, a alternative motive and I'm tired of it. Yeah. So listen, I'm going to cut you off. Well, we got somebody. Right there. That was fire, but we got somebody. Um, we got another call on the line. We got some more um, um, female, feminine energy. We got Cynthia on the line, correct? Hello, Cynthia. Hello, did you mute yourself? We can't hear you. Hello. Hello. Hi. Okay. Oh, there you go. Yes. So we can hear you for yes. a second. So, uh, so tell us um what oh uh, oh this this blog talk is another thing we'll deal with that so um we got like fifteen minutes left in the show so let's get this in where you at what you doing and what's your thoughts about what you've been listening to just you know no format just get it in let us know where you at okay I'm Cynthia from Cleveland and um, I just tuned in so I haven't heard much okay um, but I. But I guess I'm assuming you're talking about the current events going we, on around this. Like the name of this is Vent Commune Hill Bill. So, how you dealing with what's going on? The the lockdown, George Floyd, which is just a continuing line. Like family, friends, what's going on with you, and how you dealing with it? Um, trying tr- trying to um. Survived COVID, um, kind of had a hard time last week, and then all the events um, occurred um, from with the p- police situations last week. So just mm-hmm. just trying to um, tune and stay calm and um, see what we can do to make make some changes. So, what do you think are some things that we we could do? Like in your mind, like. How are you keeping calm? Like, what if you have family and friends and you're, you know, some that source of peace? What are you doing to do them? Because we, we always want to talk about what we're going through, but also how we get through it. So if you some if you had to give advice about how to get through this moment, you know, with what you're doing or what you know to do, what's your answer to that? Like, how do, how do you get through this? Wow. 
Okay, and I just wanted to listen. Look. <laughs> Hey, we can put you back on there But, you know, this is one of those shows Where when you come, like, everybody is a host Like, we we want voices We want people to come in And we look like we're going to have to make it a three-hour show next time Instead of a two-hour uh-huh. show Because this is what we want Like, we tell folks, we don't know everything We know some things But we want to build uh-huh. on what we know the, the goal is to build a community of a brain trust uh-huh. where we can build okay. off each other. So anything you got, just break it down and then okay. we'll let you just listen. But you got to give us one thing. Okay. <laughs> okay, but you're you're out of New you're out of New York, correct? No, See, I'm I in um. Huh? No, I'm in um. I'm in I'm in L.A. and we got some people in North Carolina. We got some people in Cleveland. All over. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's Sorry. great. That's great. Okay, well, as as with the COVID, I I turn to God, you know, in terms of coping go. and how to um, respond. So, you know, I've been doing a lot of study, and I guess I had kind of gotten off of it last week, and so then I have to turn back to that to cope and to seek direction for how we can be effective in, um, you know, trying to trying to go to the next level with this thing. You know, it's, for me, at least this is the first time they charge someone. They they have difficulty doing that, but they have charged someone, and um, we have to we have to carry it all the way through. Why that? Well, I'm thank you. We we gonna let you off the hook and not make you get any more. We gonna put you in a listening pod, and um, okay. <laughs> that's gonna be that. So, thank you for calling in. So, listen, y'all. We got about 12 minutes. So, I want your best 60 seconds, because that'll give us time to um actually do an outro. Um, I don't care which order we go, but think about it like this: you have a listening audience, and you got 60 seconds to sum up what you would want to give them, and you don't know when you're going to talk to them again. So give me your 60 seconds. I'm going to say your best 60 seconds, the 60 seconds you want to give. And we will start with Eli. I just like picking on you, E. So, E, best 60 seconds. <laughs> What's, what, do, what do you want to leave behind? What do you want to tell people? He muted right, himself again. Bird. You always put me on the spot right on time. Uh, oh, but this is, no, this is for all of the times we – no, E, E, this is for all of the times we ended up in the middle of fighting groups talking about can't we all just get along. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm back there because I'm like, I, nothing's going to happen to E if I'm around. And I'm like, how do we end up in the middle of this again? <laughs> Because you started it. <laughs> no, really, really, I, I just think uh, well, it's always so much fun going back to his history, you know? His story, yeah. not my story, his story. But anyway, uh, I I think that uh, the brick and mortar work, uh, getting folks together, developing the plan, the concrete plan about what we want to see. I think this is essential to moving forward. Uh, you know, five. We need 
five concrete things. You know, five concrete things. Let's keep it simple. Stuff that we can agree on. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, and, and and work on it, hone it, craft it to a point that every time they see us standing there, that's those guys, that's those folks. Oh, that's what they want. You know, because that's, that's the, the repetition can breed success. You know, All but right. every time we come, we have no... We have no plan, and everyone says, well, what do you want? You don't even know what you want. We, we uh, you had to cut you off. Sorry. I hate to cut you off. I hate to get you off. I just want to make sure everybody gets somebody in. Now, anybody can go in any order. I just wanted to do E first. Who's next? Come on, somebody step up. I need 60 seconds. I can go. Okay, can go. I'm going to go real quick. Um, I'm going right. to oh, with E. Go ahead. Go ahead, Rob. Not quiet. <laughs> All right, Derek, you go. Oh, there he is. All right. You going in and out. I was going to say. So what now? So, so, Rob, wait a minute. You going in and out, so try to get your um, stuff and go right after D, because we, we can't hear you. D, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, before we deal with the world, just remember who God made you first. And be happy who you are, and that's what you show to the world. Because whatever the world got to give to you, you got to give to you first. And if you can live with who you are, be proud of who you are and what you've accomplished, let the world be what the world is. But you be you in it. That's all. There you go. Who's next? Somebody. Okay, okay I'll go. Oh. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. I piggyback off of what uh, uh, E was saying. Education, the five things. I think we need education. I think we need our own. Uh, if, it's, if it's separation or whatever, we need our own. We need to start binding to ourselves, make, uh, bringing our, keeping our dollar to ourselves. Um, like I say, either some type of responsibility, um, uh, something to do with the justice system reform, something some. some Anything that has to do with us will get us cracked in the head when we disagree with a police officer. Um, some accountability uh, on behalf of the justice system, government. Uh, always want to hold everybody else accountable, but they don't want to hold up, hold themselves accountable. Um, okay. Who's next? Come on, somebody get in. Somebody say something. I like to hear Hello? from your sister. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you want, my wife was going to say something. Go ahead, say something. Like the other brother said about um, knowing who God made you, um, I think that we need to have relationship because we're unified as a people. When they Hello? Relationship with each other and um, um, be. Yeah, they heard you. I think. Did y'all get that? We got part of it. I went in and out. 
Yeah, most of it. All right, who's next? Come on. We need to be consistent. I'm trying not to volunteer, folks. Okay. Let's go. I got a young person. Go ahead, young person. Say something. You don't want to say nothing, young person? You <laughs> we ain't got time for volunteers, Daddy. Got to get on and we got to get moving. Who's next? Who didn't say oh. something? What I would say, can you, can you all hear me? Yeah. Oh. Is me being a person of this generation is growing up in the society that we are. We're still dealing with the same issues that we have dealt with for the past 400 years, which is basically racism and misunderstanding. With that, I feel like as a people should first have a, a collection of ideas put together, not just people in separate groups coming up with sort of the same thing, beating around the bush, but we all need to have a leader for of some sort. Because back in the Civil Rights Movement, we had leaders, such as MLK, even Rosa Parks, and Malcolm X. But in this day and age, we don't have a leader to really lead us on in the way that we should. Okay. So who's on the line who didn't speak? Because I got a bunch of numbers and I, I ain't even sure who said something. Who didn't say something? Hello? I didn't say nothing, but I'm going last. Okay. Who, who else on the line? Who else is on here who didn't I'm say on something? Line, but I, I, I said everything I wanted to say already. Okay, cool. Didn't just say that. All right. So um, I'm very simple. Um, take everything that you've heard and study. Find out what didn't work and what did work. Don't rebuild the wheel. There are successful organizations, successful leaders, successful strategies. Be a student of history. And if you're a student of history, then we sit down. We don't have to hash out with each other. Because, like, just in the group that I was a part of, there was a lot of people spitting ideas, but a lot of the ideas were what I call historically inept. In other words, it was stuff that had been done already that had failed or that wasn't historically accurate. And so when we don't have a basis of understanding, what we have to do is we have to end up trying to get on the same page and then convince each other. And so it's like when you join the Panthers, any other group, you had to learn their platform and be able to expound on that platform before you could build, be in a group, and therefore y'all could build on an equal level. So we need to have economic literature, um, literature, historic literature, that we have a basis for our educational process so when we get together, we're on the same page, and we can build from there. Um, and I'm done. There's more to it, but we're going we're gonna to finish this next week. So, Gypsy, we're going to give you the last word. Um, and just in case, the disclaimer is we don't own nothing Gypsy says unless we like it. Nobody. Okay, go ahead, Gypsy. All right, my thing is simple. We invoke the names of Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, the Black Panther Party, so on and so forth. We invoke all these people from the past and don't know how they built their organizations. Number one, like like everybody said, build those organizations. Sis, I love the point that you had mentioned mentioned simplifying it. Uh, we gave up all of our businesses and all of the strength of our economics that we had going on prior, prior to the civil rights movement. We gave it all up to sit on the toilet next to white folks. We fucked up. So, <laughs> so what 
we need to do is go get those elders, get their input, get the passion of the young folks, get our generation, and we all sit down and hash out what works, and we all stay in our lane. If you aren't a preacher and your, and your prayer game ain't strong, we all need God and we all need love. We go, we go ahead and let the preachers preach, feed our souls, whatever your denomination is. Like Malcolm said, it don't matter if you're a Christian, a Muslim, a Buddhist, or anything else. They lynching your ass because you're black. Now, if it's um, – if it's um, – You got 10 seconds. If you're if you you a military person, teach people how to shoot, how to get – how to do self-defense. If you know finance, do that. If you know law – teach that and all come together each one teach one that's how a nation is built and that's the only way we gonna get up out this mess all inclusive we all in like the Cavs were in 2016 when they won that championship if we don't do it that way <laughs> we're gonna be the Cleveland Browns 2000 that's my, my diet I love it you know dude I was right with you until you ended on that Sorrow note of the the the, the um, Cleveland Browns in two thousand. You suck and you are good all in one thing. Don't don't ever do that again. Don't ever build us up and then drop us off a cliff like that. I will cut you off the show. All right, that was <laughs> like I said, you gotta watch with me. You gotta watch Jiffy. Jiffy will throw a curve in on you real quick. So with that, as, as in parting, as we say. Keep your eye on the spell, baby. Keep your eye on the spell. And it ain't playing, but it's going to play. There we go. We out. Peace. Peace.
Okay, I'm off the show. Get narrow.